Hello and welcome back to Remember This. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> A podcast that is part book club, part TV and film vault, and part time capsule. As we take you back to all the childhood pop culture stuff you may or may not have consumed. My name is Matt Bentley Viney, and I'm joined today by my wonderful co host, who is also my wife, who is also the co owner of our dog, Gemma Bentley Viney. How are you? Good. I like how you made yourself laugh when you did the ho ho ho. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a simple guy and I like Christmas. Are you feeling Christmassy? I am. So this is a Christmas special, if you couldn't tell. And this will also be our last podcast. Of uh, 2019. Woo! Yeah. Oh, don't cheer. People should be sad that oh, it's yeah. the last one and they're not going to have us for a while. Yes. But we will be back. This isn't a... Uh, extended leave or anything we'll be back the first week of jan with a new podcast oh yeah you're, you're committing already what well no say first week of jan what is when is monday monday might be the first of jan well i can check right so then now if not, i no. can check right now no we will be oh yeah second of jan yes then no. we will not be we, back. we will be back with an episode on the 9th of january so yeah quite a long break oh but... no sorry i got oh. it wrong no we will be back the 6th of january Monday the 6th of January. Monday the 6th of January. We'll be back because... With a new season. Season two. Season two. Because Christmas is busy. Christmas is busy and we're travelling and... It's your birthday. It's my birthday. So there's a lot going on. It's my dad's birthday as well. It's New Year's Eve. It's New Year's Eve. We're hosting New Year's Eve. So yeah, we've got a lot on and basically we're going to have to park this on the bench for a while. And we are both working as well. Yes. So you will hear from us very soon though, because what we didn't want to do was basically half-ass it and try and fit in the podcast where we can, because we really love doing this podcast and we want to try and maintain the, I don't want to say quality because that's very big headed, but maintain what we've been doing so far with it. But we've got lots of nice Christmas plans. So on Matt's birthday, we are going out for a curry in Brixton and we're going to go to a tap room for some drinks. Come join us. I mean, I mean, the table's fully... I, I, there's a maximum number for the table, and I'm already stressed by that. No, so, who's got friends? Oh, well done, you, you, you have friends, <laughs> Mr. Popular. I was like, oh, oh not everyone's going to say yes. And then I was like, oh, no, we've overbooked. And then Christmas will be back in Bournemouth. Meg is going to have her first beach experience, see oh. the beach. She's looking forward to that. Uh, she, I'm not sure. She'll probably be a bit scared of it. She's scared of her own reflection. And she is also scared someone in our flat has a reef on their front door, which she um, is terrified of. <laughs> so I'm, I, and the sea, the sea is scary. So I'm a bit scared of the sea. You are, aren't you? Well, no, your, I your go biggest swimming fear in is it. tsunamis. It is. But you don't go swimming in the sea, though, whereas I, I can't talk, whereas I do. I do, I do go swimming in the oh, sea. It, it takes just takes me you, a long time. But by the time you've gotten into the water, I want to leave. No, but I do it. I get in. I just there's a ritual, and I everyone has to respect that. Nothing wrong with that. You just have to respect. I've got the ritual, and once I've done it, I'll be in. If anyone has any Christmas traditions, I love hearing people's Christmas traditions. Well, Gemma worked in a very multicultural office. Yeah, people from Norway and India and all these different places. So Canada. she always comes back home with like, oh, they do this there. And I'm like, oh, that sounds amazing. Like, oh, I love it. The British Christmas tradition is just like get drunk and eat loads. It is just drink, fall asleep in front of the telly. 
And I'm yeah. like, oh, because they're like, oh, is that actually what you do? And it's like, yeah, that is kind of what we all do. Well, it's like when we went to Iceland and they've got like the, the cat. The cat that's really scary. And it's like, a, I don't know, it's, it it, eats it's children. amazing. Yeah, it eats children. If you don't leave a sock out, it will eat you. I that, think. That sounds like is, Meg. <laughs> I think that is the story. We might be wrong though. But I, yeah, I really love um, hearing people's traditions. I'm always like, oh, what are your plans for Christmas? I don't just want to hear like, oh, I'm going back home. I'm like, yes, but. When do you have lunch? Do you have a dinner or do you have a lunch? But if you want to, email in at rememberthisquestionmark at gmail.com. Yes, we always love to hear from you. So if you have any TV shows you want us to visit in season two, obviously we're creating our list for season two now. So um, over the Christmas period is the best time to email us so we can add it to our notes for the next series. Yeah, please do email in. And for the last time in 2019, we'd just like to say we do this podcast in our spare time from our flat and any support would be incredible. So if you could please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and give it a five-star rating or just any rating because the more engagement means that we get to reach out to people who wouldn't normally listen to this and isn't that nice you know we like to be inclusive and we want as many people listening to this as possible so thank you very much for everyone who has supported us and if you could do a bit of support this when you're listening to this we would really appreciate it it would be very Christmassy of you you will feel good about doing it we will smile and you will feel good yes you can be like I did that but we have an email the last email of 2019 it's from Eleanor and Gemma, would you like to read it out? Yes, I would be delighted and honoured to. Hi both, really love your podcast, although it is so odd to get so many nostalgic flashbacks in the space of half an hour. It's really funny from my perspective, as I grew up in the 90s watching all the shows you're viewing, and now I actually work in TV. In fact, the first programme I developed and produced was a CBBC show, and the content was really different from anything I remember watching as a kid. A few old school shows I'd love to hear you review. Yvonne of Yukon. I think I said that right. Super Duper Sumos, The Wild House, Get Your Own Back, The Misty Show. I'm sure these are all on your list. I would love to hear your thoughts on the more modern CBBC shows too. Denigias, I think I've done in that one. Oh, slash Operation, Ouch, slash Pets Factor, slash My Life, and see how you think they compare to the oldies. All the best, Eleanor. Thank you so much, Eleanor, for your email. It made my day. Also, congratulations on having an incredibly cool job. Very jealous. And The Misty Show, I forgot it existed. I loved The Misty Show. What's The Misty Show? I've never heard of it. Um, so it was on, I want to say after Smile that Fern and Reggie presented, or it was either on just before that. I think she's a fairy, you know. It's like a real life, like not real life. It's um, live action. And um, I'm pretty sure she's like a fairy. And it was really, really good. And then also The Wild House. But what do Love they do? The Wild so House. she's a fairy. Lots of things happened. Well, is it a sitcom? You just told me it's a fairy and, and you just expected me just to leave it. I want to know what, what does this fairy do? I'm pretty sure she's a fairy. This is oh, all you don't from, even know if she's a fairy. This is all from my memory just now reading the email. So from my memory and also how I decided to take the TV show, what it meant when I was little, was it's a fairy. I swear there was like maybe like a love triangle. I think it's kind of like a fairy from an odd world has all of a sudden landed herself in like a human world and it's how she kind of survives in human land. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, that means we should go back and watch it because, yeah. you know, you don't fully know what it's about and, um, you know, it might be different to how you rem remember it. Loved uh, The Wild House as well. I used to watch that a lot growing up. That's a really, really good one, a really good comedy. Is that the one that's like, 
In the ma- oh, that's the magic house. <laughs> In the <laughs> magic house. Uh, so yeah, we should definitely watch that. Mm-hmm. I remember Get Your Own Back. I loved Get that Your Own Back. That was a class, and everyone wanted to be on Get Your Own Back, didn't they? Yeah. That was the one. Everyone's like, oh yeah, is that the one with the gunge? Yeah. Classic. When, is gunge still a thing now? Do you think yeah. people still? Oh my god, yeah. Because uh, I like the, slime. Uh, the, at the Nick Awards every year, they always ah. gunge people. David Dobrik got gunged recently. Oh, I like down the YouTubers. Hey. I like that. It's still yeah. Gunge is. A, I love it. Also, like Gunge is still around, but in like slime version. Mm. Everyone's obsessed with slime. Well, they used to be when I worked in YouTube. Uh, but yeah, we're definitely going to watch uh, the new ones as well. Thank you for suggesting some because that's because we always wanted to watch some of the new ones, but we literally. Oh, where'd you start? Yeah, and especially now, there's so many more uh, channels, and it's now you know obviously. Before it just used to be a couple of hours, wouldn't it? You'd have a couple of allocate hours allocated on, you know, ITV and C like on BBC and things like that. Whereas now you have with like when Sky became a thing, it opened up a whole new world where it's literally hours and hours and hours of them. So we're definitely gonna watch those ones you've recommended and thank you for suggesting those because that is something we wanted to do but we're struggling with. Thank you so much for writing in. We really appreciate it. And yeah, guys, we said the email earlier. If you want to write in, tell us your stories about this podcast or just say hi. We really appreciate yeah. it. We love it. We check every time we do a podcast, we always check beforehand. It's like, oh, we've got any emails. And it's always really lovely when there's something in the inbox. Yes. So please do keep writing in. And we will now get on with the body of this episode. I had never heard of what we're about to talk about. It's amazing. It's the best Christmas movie of all time. And then after watching it, we went to a social gathering. A social gathering. <laughs> but it's cheese. We do an annual cheese and wine night where we all do a quiz. It's very cute. And yeah, yes. I badmouthed this film and was instantly chastised. So it was Cara who's been on this podcast she was like straight away, oh my God, no, it's an amazing it film. It is an amazing film. So I stand corrected where, because I thought it was a bit naff. I thought <gasps> like the first half was really good, but we'll get into it. Um, but basically... Also, all Christmas films are a bit naff. What were you expecting? It's a well, kid's one. To be honest, anything that comes in the Daily Mail, I'm also always a little bit suspicious. Gemma, would you like to tell us a bit more about The Greatest Store in the World? And why we're watching it. So the greatest store in the world is, um, I it was I think it was a CBBC special maybe, or a BBC special back in the day. Matt will... I reckon it was BBC. Yeah. Because um, it, it reminds me of like the one we watched last year with Stephen Merchant and Asim Chowdhury. In. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was good. I enjoyed that. that. Was really good. So it was like a um, TV special. And I watched it when I was younger and it is, I just loved it. And there's nothing, I've not seen any other show like this, any other movie like this, let alone any other Christmas film with this kind of plot, with these sort of characters. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I think my parents loved it as well. My brother really enjoyed it and we all watched it as a family. And I then used to watch it on YouTube when I was a bit older around Christmas time. Did you actually? Yeah, watch on YouTube. (laughs) because i wanted to find it i was like what is this and then uh found on amazon a few i think maybe one year or two years ago it was um a free dvd but in like a paper you know when they used to do those like paper cd cases free with the daily mail to be fair though like across the papers they do really good free stuff i remember noel gallagher once released a um live at the royal Albert hall and i think it might have been through the telegraph i can't remember uh, who it was with they used to do some great cds i would yeah. have once had like an indie anthems one 
Oh yeah, which was oh, really good. We listened to it in the car, yeah, didn't we? We that did. Was it was good. free. I got with Nell and I free once. Oh my god! I know. I don't know. They don't do that it's anymore. It's a shame they don't do. Yeah, because they don't even do. Because obviously it's all gone like behind a paywall. Yeah. But they should say like free download. Why don't they, they do, do that? Sunday Times does. What well, Times no, does? Sorry, but I mean of like films and yeah, TV. Yeah, they do. What? I get a free rental every month at the Times. You get a free rental? Mm-hmm. One thing. And I get a free Kindle book as well. Do you actually? Mm-hmm. Oh, that is really good. Well, yeah. then that is kind of no, the same as what they were doing. Oh, it's a lot of money though. No, so. but I think it would be better if they like literally recommended something and gave it a free yeah. download. You know, they like, don't have enough money you now You can though. go and watch the chase. The media, obviously the back then, the newspapers obviously had a lot more money and... Um, it was a free gift and um, I don't so know why I just said, Amazon. Why did I just say the chase? I don't know. <laughs> of all of the things you thought, like, you know, the, the chase, it is a wonderful, wonderful film. And I honestly would recommend it to anybody. I just think it is Christmassy. It's festive. It's got a lovely message. It's got good actors in it. Um, loads of good actors in it, actually. And I loved it. And it is just a little 90s dream. So, Matt. Can you please give a formal introduction with Wikipedia notes on the greatest store in the world? The Greatest Store in the World is a book written by Alex Shearer, later made into a made-for-television film, which was broadcast on Christmas Eve 1999. The TV movie is usually shown at few times at Christmas on CBBC. It was filmed in the famous London department store, Harrods. That's amazing, by the way. (laughs) The story is told in flashback by Livy, a bright young girl who is in police custody on Christmas Day. As she is questioned, she reveals that for several days, she and her equally resourceful mother, Geraldine, and younger sister, Angeline, have been living in a department store called Scotley's after their camper van blew up. As the story progresses, the family deal with outsmarting staff friendly but suspicious doorman and an ICE deputy manager. <laughs> oh, an ICE, sorry, an ICE <laughs> deputy manager. There are also some special guest appearances. And all in all, it's a lot of fun. I had that last sentence in because I don't want to give away the special things yeah. that happen in this. So let's jump in right now. Gemma was making lots of notes on what was happening because when we do this podcast, my mind or well, my, my memory is like a sieve. So we'll watch something, and then half an hour later, oh, I've forgotten the plot points, which isn't very good, really. So it's good that Gemma's been making the notes. Gem, where do we start with The Greatest Store in the World? First off, we start... My notes aren't that good. I feel like you've picked up my notes, because the first note just says, Caravan Explodes. So, yes, it starts off the uh, main character, Livy, is leaving school. Um, so they're doing putting on a performance of a Christmas carol. So they're all kind of discussing that at school. Belle goes, she leaves. And then her mum's outside with her younger sister, Angeline, who, FYI, is the cutest little girl ever. Just so you can really, she's adorable. And I'm not one of those people that thinks kids are like, oh, all kids are really cute. Kind of reminds me of the youngest one with the brown hair in the holiday for reference. She's also now quite a successful actress and is in Humans, which I was happy to hear about and research when I stalked her on Instagram. They're kind of outside their caravan and then all of a sudden it explodes. Yeah, it was like a mishap, wasn't it? Like an accident. Yeah, but it was, it, a, ma- it was yeah. a bit confusing. Was she making? She was like making stuff, wasn't she? Maybe she was cooking? She was doing something and then it was like a flammable liquid. So then when the spark went, it all just blew up and yeah. it was very... um. Very 90s, the effects. 
I'll leave it alone. It is 90s. What do you expect? Then it cuts to a police story. And that's where you see Livy telling the police officers what's going on. So instantly you're like, well, why, why, is, she in, why is she with the police? And then you see Scott Lee's which is the greatest store in the world. It also shows we've come a long way. One thing we wanted, we actually noted when watching this is, because obviously it is dated and um, everything is like the police cars, the police stations, oh, yeah. the stores, everything is a little bit dated, apart from taxis. Yeah, the, the black taxis, cab's exactly the same. Everything else, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, look at this, look at that. I and mean, then you know, the, the black cabs. The outfits, just... but yeah. So I think that is a note to everybody that black cabs need to become hybrid cars or electric. Yeah, time for an upgrade, guys. And um, Scott Lee's, I mean, it's a fine name. I guess it's... Oh, it's fine, isn't it? Yeah. And and the manager of the whole store, or is it the owner, maybe? I think yeah, it might be the owner. Brian Blessed. And He's Mr. Scott Lee. It's just absolute legend. I love his booming voice. Yes. So you see them kind of wandering around and um, the doorman is Peter Capaldi. Who is looking very young. I feel like he looks pretty much the same as he did in Doctor Who. He hasn't... Oh, he's he's got always like, looked slightly old. And they call him Mr. Whiskers because he's got this really long moustache. Yes. And like a little chin strap. And it's... Yeah. And he's a little bit snobby. He's a bit like, oh, where are all your bags? And all, oh, you know. They kind of make a few uh, passive-aggressive snobby comments to the family. And then they all go in. And... I think it's such a great idea to set a Christmas film in a department store because I do think department stores are so, so Christmassy. Apart from when I worked in one, they didn't play any Christmas music and we had no Christmas decorations. Oh, and I was sad. really, really sad. Well, they go straight into it as well. Yes. Like literally the, the camper van or caravan explodes. Within two minutes, maybe. Let, let's go to Scotley's. And then... so Which I guess as well suggests that they've done it before. Yes. And then the mum says, let's play a game. Of hide under the bed. <laughs> so they're in uh, the furniture area and uh, they all go and hide under these like big beds. And already right before that happens, there's another very snobby moment where the um, icy store manager comes over and is like, mm, I think you'll find they're all very pricey. Oh, and, yeah. and, and there's a weird subplot as well with her where she's always coming on to Peter Capaldi. Yeah, like aggressively like, so. And, and really vivid, strong innuendos. Oh, wasn't it one about the bike? He he gets on a bike and he's like, oh, I feel like that's a... Does it, She literally says, what would you rather be riding? No, she sort of says, oh, I feel like that's in replacement of something. He goes, yeah, a car. And I laughed. So they hide under the bed. All the staff leave and they're in the department store overnight. And then there's this weird montage to S Club 7, of course. Oh, yeah, there is actually, straight away. They're all dancing Which in front of the it TV. Up for later and... Because, yeah, on all the TVs, they've got this music video. And it's not clear. Obviously, the music must be playing where they are because they're dancing around. But I'm pretty sure it's not. Because when you go around the TV section in, like, you know, a department store, John Lewis or something, there's never any sound coming out. Well, they can just turn it up. They can do what they want. They're there overnight. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess they can. And obviously there's no CCTV. There's nothing else. It's just, you know, if you hide under a bed long enough, you can spend the night in a department store. Um, so they're all singing. They're all dancing. They're having a great time. So you have this like fun montage. They then go to the food hall, which I think looks kind of the most similar to how Harrods looks now. And they do a sell-by game where they have all the sell-by food. And the little girl's oh, yeah. like, I love sell-bys. Yeah, yeah. 
It's my favourite meal and to it's really fair, cute. We love that too because um, we used to go to Harrods at like after work at eight-ish or ten minutes before it closed. Yeah. And it's usually really expensive and not very accessible at all. But 10 minutes before, they reduced the prices by like 80, 90%. Yeah. It was amazing. We got a really good pie once. Do you remember that pie? Oh my God. Yeah, that was a good yeah, pie. We got a good pie once. They, they were living their best lives doing that. That was really fun to watch as well. Like they were all really happy. And, you know, they all knew it wasn't a um, permanent fix. But for one night, Yay, this is fun. Let's make the most fun. of it. And also, I think what they've done really well as well with this film is it's kind of aspirational and like, wow, because, I mean, they are living the dream. They're living in Harrods. Have it all to themselves. How exciting. But then it does also deal with a lot of um, other issues with money and how they are, you know, a working class family. So it's very kind of good how they kind of have that representation they also have all this kind of like amazing kind of aspirational like oh my god that's so beautiful and amazing so it keeps you kind of very engaged and i think that's a lot of people would have watched it i main thing i remember from it as well was you know amazing it was so dreamy they then go to sleep which does make me think there's also the store closes really early plot floor they close at like five or six o'clock no they don't they normally close at 10 thanks (laughs) So uh, the two girls are sleeping in a really cool bunk bed, uh, which again, I think most kids always dreamed of having an amazing bunk bed. And the mum's sleeping in this amazing king size luxury bed. And then a security card comes about. So I think it's actually very good because I think otherwise it would be a little bit unrealistic and he has a big Alsatian. Yeah, but this Alsatian is very cuddly. Yes. And very cute. So she kind of managed, she gives the Alsatian a quick cuddle, throws like a treat or something. I don't know why she's got food, but you know, convenient. And then he runs off. And as everybody knows, Alsatians are notoriously cute. <laughs> well, you know. But no, it's quite nice. Yeah, it's quite clever the way they manage the Alsatian. And I thought it was really funny as well that, you know, in Harrods, like f- think about logistically getting a license to film in Harrods. That must have been so difficult. Amazing. That's well, what no, I can it is believe amazing, it. But I kind of wish I did more of it. You think about, they've got the whole store. They've got so many, you know, different things. And I wish they did something in the pet section. They used to have mm, a pet section in they Harrods. They did. But you get the toy section, you get the food section, you get the furniture section, you get the clothing section. Oh, yeah. So that, they do get a good you get variety. A good... But one thing that really, really dates is that they're going around the TVs and basically like a really bog standard television in by nowadays uh, standards. You know, it's not HD. It's one of the big, like, boxy ones. So, you know, now all TVs are thin. Mm-hmm. It was one of these like chunky, like really big ones. And it was £250. Yeah. That was seen as, well, even they said, oh, this bed's far too expensive. It's £600. <sighs> so next up, um, you cut to the mum visiting social services where she gets told it will be a very, very long wait for them to get rehomed. And even though she has two children, there's not much they can do and there's no fast tracking. So I think it's really good. They kind of showed that. And also I feel like some incredibly rude and basically mean judgmental people who would maybe stumble across this movie and watch it would be going, well, what's she doing? Where's all this? What is she doing? And they do always actually justify all of it just to kind of give that backstory and be like, look, she is trying. And it was a very, very kind of sad scene to see. And so not something you often expect in a kind of kids movie 
uh, around Christmas time. So I think it's really important that they kind of showed that. Well, it reminds me of, um, we watched Illustrated Mum a while ago and it really reminded me of that because the oldest daughter in that is the responsible adult and is the one who's like, oh no, we can't do this. Oh no, what are you doing? And looking after the little sister. And it's similar in this, where to be fair, the mum's not an alcoholic or anything like that. No, she's she tries really hard. Yeah, she tries really hard and works really hard. She's they're just you know been really unlucky with with their accommodation. Yeah, um, but I thought there was a lot of similarities there. Mm. between both families well, i think it's quite nice that she you know the mum character is a mum but she's not just a mum you know she's a lot more than that there's a lot more other sides to that and i really like especially kind of as a woman it's nice to see characters that aren't just mumsy i feel like automatically i sort of even you know me and my friends i think even kind of fear that when we have to talk about that is all of a sudden there's such a different thing from being a female character to being a mum character yeah, I guess um, there's a loss of identity sometimes, whereas you, that's what defines you. Yes. And in this, it's not that, you know, she, yes, she is taking care of her kids, but she also has her own personality. And she, yeah, I, I think it's she's well a very managed. Witty, she's a very witty, cool character. Then the family go to um, a kind of house where they are housing a lot of other people. And it's kind of portrayed as very loud, very scary, very intimidating. So the mum makes a decision being like, look, we can't stay here. We're leaving. And again, to kind of show that, again, it was really upsetting to watch. And I think, again, it's so important to that they actually were portraying this. I think it's really good that this film embodies the spirit of Christmas and giving back as well. Because it really sets up how, you know, they've been really unlucky and it's been really difficult. And you keep seeing all these different people kind of not screwing them over, but it's it's just hard. You know, going to social services and the red tape around that so they can't get money early. They can't figure it out. Mm. And then, yeah, they've been given somewhere to stay, but it's not suitable for kids. You know, there's like house music in the next room and it's implied they're doing like drugs in there and things like that. And it's all told through Livy's perspective. And she says how her mum doesn't like being in four walls as well. So, mm. you know, it is justified why they stay in the greatest store in the world. Yes. Well, I would argue, like, the greatest store... It's never called the greatest store in the world, is it? I mean, it is the greatest store. In, how, like, it's the greatest store in the world. You it's see it's why, not your um, local department store in Bournemouth, is it? Well, yeah, and you can tell why Harrods got involved. So, yeah, we want you to use your thing for a film. Okay, well, what's it called? The greatest store in the world. Yeah, all right. Yeah, go on then, go on. So then it cuts to this, and I like my note for this one, where it just says, cuts to scenes of Christmas school play of A Christmas Carol. Very clever how, in capital letters, but I never finished my sentence. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, then it does cut back to the school because you have this ongoing subplot, which is a bit meh. But it's quite nice, you know, where it's showing her um, Livy at school performing and um, rehearsing a Christmas carol. But it is really good because right after these sort of scenes, it cuts to Christmas carol. And it kind of very much, I guess that is probably the other, they were obviously very inspired by that type of storytelling around Christmas time. Just to kind of highlight kind of misfortunes. Oh, yeah, it's like a fable, isn't yeah, it? How it's important to kind of look after one another. And obviously it was showing Tiny Tim being like why is no one why is no one helping us and everyone's being mean to Livy because she's playing is she a star I think she's going to be an angel or a ghost yeah she's going to be an angel but um she um doesn't have an angel costume so she's going to be a bumblebee 
she's dressed as a bumblebee for it which we see later on which is very funny (laughs) so then the family go back to the greatest store in the world and the mum spots a tent in the camping section but peter capaldi is he's getting suspicious now he's saying to you oh you know you haven't got got any shopping bags very condescending Mm -hmm. very rude yes and he's really built up in this as the antagonist as Mm -hmm. the kind of villain of the story because she even says to them like you know never let him catch us yes it's they're the ones they are wary of they decide to go camping and the mum decides to make it almost as like a little holiday. So they're going to have a little safe haven, a little holiday in the store. However, they oversleep. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. So they wake up and they can hear people out and about outside the store. They're in their pyjamas. To be fair, I can understand why they overslept. It looked so cosy in that tent. It did look amazing. Because staff normally come in before the store opens, right? Yeah. So why didn't they wake up then? Well, I think it was more the staff were opening, like, because they had to kind of get out. The staff were there, they were cleaning, they were doing all of these sort of things. Oh, yeah, you're right. So it was, they were woken up by kind of the cleaners and the staff all arriving and all of those things being turned on. So they quickly are washing themselves with some wet wipes and then quickly trying to get changed and getting the little girl, Angeline, changed as well. They'd be fine at Glastonbury, wouldn't they? They would, they would. Oh, it is sad, actually. That that moment was, because you know, it was so natural. Quickly get the wet wipes. And I was like, oh. Yeah. So. um, They haven't had showers or anything or no. wash. It's very, very sad. So the mum has like a brainwave. I think, is this the bit when she pretends to be a cleaner? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So she then has a brainwave where she like, okay, she's quickly puts on an apron and grabs Hoover. So it looks like, oh, no, I'm just here with cleaners. I've just brought my girls in because I couldn't get them babysat. And then quickly tries to leave the store. And then Mr. Whiskers sees them and sort of does sort of say to them, oh, I didn't, I didn't even see you arrive. You're, you're here very early. And yeah, we're all starting to sort of think, oh, their time, they're running out of time, basically. So the mum, that you then cut to a scene where the mum is selling her own jewellery. And then you also see it in a post office, getting an envelope, putting lots of stamps on it and doing a little bit of shopping. However, when she's buying it, she then realises her watch is wrong. And then you see a freak out running back to the department store because the girls are still there, but they're shutting up. They're doing all of the shutters and the girls are inside. So the two girls go hide in a Wendy house, which again, oh, it's very cute. Amazing. And um, so the girls are hiding in a Wendy house and then the mum is freaking out and Mr. Whiskers is actually trying to, Mr. Whiskers, by the way, is um, Peter Capaldi. <laughs> we'll call him Mr. Whiskers, is trying to calm her down and he's tweeting on, he's like, we're not a babysitting service. They're in there, aren't they? They're in there. You know, they're going to call the social services if they find them. And then he says, look, do you want me to go get them? So it's the first time you see him do something quite nice. He's like, I'll go get them for you. But then she's adamant and won't let him help going, no, 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 you're wrong. You're wrong. They're not in there. Well, he wants to help because he's saying if the store manager finds them, she will take them to prison and she'll go to prison and the kids will go into social care and all of this. So he is trying to be nice. And it is a real moment of like, oh God, what are they going to do? They're literally getting stuck in the store. And I've got to say as well, this film, you never know where it's going. No. Like from the moment the caravan blows up, you're like, anything could happen. It is. There's a lot of twists and there is a lot of turns. So then you cut back to the girls in the Wendy house who are being very well behaved. They're being very, very good. You then see them 
pretend to be in the window display like in a little igloo and then mum's like telling them just like be careful of Mr Whiskers you know be careful of him I have got they probably should have like written it on the window or written it on card because you you cannot hear through that surely no but they can lip read they were pointing to things she was doing like a little like thing with like kind of you know to show whiskers and then when people walk past because i was thinking like harrod's window display that's famous at christmas everyone walks past and looking at it and so to be fair people do walk past and then they just stand really still as if they're sculptors or part of the display there's like no one's believing that (laughs) it's very cute So they go back in and hide in the Wendy house. However, there's a private shopping party for some A-list celebrities. Is it a shopping party or is it a music video? I thought they were doing a music video. No, it's a private shopping party. Oh. (laughs) To celebrate some Barbie dolls that look like them. And who is it? It's S Club 7. So random. And Brian Blessed as well is there. Yeah, so Brian Blessed, the store manager, is there. Well, he's the owner. Yeah, they're all like stood. It's a really cute moment where they're all like stood behind this cardboard cutout and then they knock it down and they're stood there like the cardboard cutout and having a great time. And you see them do like more montages and it's all like, yay, S Club. And they're playing their songs and they're all dancing. What song was it again? Is it Reach for the Stars? No, it's not that. You're my number one. It was that one. You're my number one. Great song. Then they look in the Wendy house and they're like, oh my God, come look at these dolls. They look so realistic. And obviously it's the two girls. Livy's amazing and quickly says, oh no, granddad doesn't know we're here granddad doesn't over here can you quickly sign this for us but don't tell granddad and then they do that and then they run away which is great is yeah i mean it's very cute because they are so sweet especially for little girls she is so cute you would do anything for her you would okay we won't tell on you so the mum managed to get in by pretending she's with the band so she quickly like makes herself like look all cool and edgy and like oh yeah as if she's part of their management yeah something like that isn't it so but Mr. Whiskers is still like sniffing around. So she manages to get in and runs past them all and um, is very proud to obviously find that the girls have been very self-sufficient. But one subplot we haven't spoken about, which becomes very important later in the film, is you've got Ricky Tomlinson playing Father Christmas. And then an elf who's from Coronation Street and other shows. Yeah, yeah. And they're like... They're, I guess the comic relief in this yes. they're like a double team and they've gone to like the Santa's Grotto earlier in the film and they're a bit useless and they're like oh you're not the real Santa and he's like oh yes I am he's just a little bit cheeky he's a little bit rude he's a little bit grumpy so yeah they're kind of always floating around in the background getting up to a little bit of mischief so the next day Mr Whiskers confronts them saying he could lose his job and that he knows what's going on and it's put him in a really awkward situation. And he does try and say, look, I, I used to live in a van. Like I, you know, know what it's like. And oh, yeah, they have a bit of like van banter. They, they get very specific. He says that the model in his van, and then she's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a good van. And he's like, it is a good van. He's like, hang on a minute. I know what you're doing. You're trying to distract me. So it's very cute. Yeah, it's very, very cute. You kind of see a different size. And again, everything's justified. Like he's kind of saying, look, the reason I'm not going, you know, I could lose my job, but I also, you know, kind of keep the little girls always really cute to him and cause the Mr. Whiskers to his face and gives him a jelly bean. It's very sweet. And then that's when you find out it's Christmas Eve. Yeah. Because she said like, there's nowhere else for us to go. Where yeah. where do we go? Yeah. So yeah, so it's now Christmas Eve and they're sort of saying, look, mum says it's just for a couple more days and they're going to be closed on christmas day anyway 
They just need a little bit more time. They have nowhere else to go. So then you see the mum win 10 pounds on the lottery and the girls get one pound each. So uh, the youngest, Angeline, gives it to a homeless man, which then makes Livy feel guilty. So then she buys a big issue with hers. I think it's again, just so lovely to kind of show children doing that, see young girls doing that, and also to remind other people to do that as well, to remind people, especially around this time of year, it's very cold outside. We're all very much wrapped up in consumption, but it's a very important thing to do still. Well, I think it's really moving because even though they don't have hardly anything, yeah. they're still thinking of others. And I think that's the real spirit of this film. And it was, it was, yeah, it was really moving actually. Well, exactly. And then they say, you know, so in the voiceover to the kind of policewoman, Livy Sign is saying they're trying really hard to be joyful as it's Christmas Eve, but it's quite hard. So they end up in a library as it's free and it's warm. And the oldest says a prayer to those who created libraries. Just, oh. Wow. So they then go back to Scotley's and hide in the loo. And there's a Christmas staff party going on. Hey. But have you ever heard of a Christmas party on Christmas Eve? Could you imagine how annoyed you would be? It's like, yeah, guys, Christmas party this year. It's on Christmas Eve. Yeah, to be fair. Oh, great. <laughs> they all don't have, clearly have a lot going on. You have the icy store manager um, getting Laying drunk. Laying it on thick. She's getting drunk and being sick in the toilet. And she's walking around with mistletoe looking for Mr. Whiskers. And they're all playing a game in the other to toilet cubicle. Yes. So they're really annoyed because when she's being sick, it's like, oh, it stinks. Mr. Whiskers then leaves a Christmas card for them outside the tent. It's good because they got the license as well to proper Christmas songs. Because it's a Christmas party and you do hear like, and I wish it could be Christmas. They clearly spent quite a lot of money on it, didn't they? Yeah. It's very believable that it's a staff party, actually, to be fair. Yeah. So the staff party then finishes and they all decorate the tent with like decorations and fairy lights. It's they quite leave. magical. It is. It looks really um, inviting. And then they leave a sell-by mince pie for Santa and some snacks for Rudolph. And they choose pretend gifts from the store to gift each other the next oh. day. So they kind of make one going, we weren't going to keep them. We were just wrapping them up to have something to give each other. Just quickly, Jim. What, what, um, if you were locked in Harrods overnight, what would you do? Like, where oh. would you go? What would you do? Like, I'd stay in the toy section. I think that's the most magical bit. Toy section's the best bit. What would you do as an adult? Toy section. I would 100% stay in the food and drink section. Food and drink, toy section. Oh yeah, because they got some amazing, like the uh, virtual like car racing. They have pinball and machines. And in the golf bit, they got a golf simulator. Do you just play loads of games? Oh my God, that would be good actually. And you could stay fit because they've got an amazing like treadmill section yeah. and all of that stuff. So, and they then all get dressed up in fine clothes and they go to the roof and they see a shooting star, which they obviously think is Santa. Oh. And they do that thing where New Harrods has the lights so they've recreated the lights for Scotleys. Yes. And it, I mean, it looks very cheap, but it's, it's oh, quite sweet. I think it looked actually a lot like Harrods from the outside more well, than it does from the inside. They've done it like against like a CGI background, like green screen. So it doesn't look great, but it's really lovely the moment of them sat up there on the roof. So then they wake up as they hear noises and Livy thinks it's Santa. So she goes to look, but then she finds the store Santa, Ricky Tomlinson and the elf stealing from the safe yeah because as it turns out mr scotley has got crown jewels in his uh safe he's got like this necklace and tiara 
okay <laughs> fair enough and it's hidden behind a big portrait of brian blessed aka yes Scotty. and there's a really cool um like security system similar to mission impossible so they they put some smoke down there and you can see the like the laser beams that they need to dodge and it do fair to them they absolutely smash it but it's never hinted at that they're robbers i, I liked them and they were just the, the santa they was all, like, they're oh. always just a bit dodged though you know when you're like yeah you're a bit dodgy yeah i know but bit sinister there's no motivation like you don't know why they're doing it other than well, money but no there was no you couldn't tell the motivation why they were santa and an elf because they were clearly not into the role oh yeah so then it's true. their motivation going that's why they were doing it yeah hidden motives so she, livy had actually chosen to gift her mum a swiss army knife oh yeah as Fair her <laughs> fake present. So she unwraps the knife that she was going to give her mum and then uses it to cut the rope that they were going to use to like abseil down Scotleys with the stolen goods. And then it gets into a really big like cat and mouse game, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, so she steals their sack when they're not looking full of all the goods. And it does go into... A bit like Scooby-Doo where you're running into different rooms and they're chasing. Yes. And it's like that. It's very fun. It's not too serious. Not scary. But it gets a little bit scary when they find Angeline, who's also gone looking. So the cute little sister has also gone looking because she's sort of thinking she's woken up and realised Livy's not there. Well, it goes from Scooby-Doo to prisoners. They, yeah. they take her hostage. So, yeah, they take her hostage and they're trying to persuade then Livy to, like, do a swap. Every scene, though, where they've got the little girl acting, Angeline, it's hilarious. Oh, no. Because, I think no, she's because she's good. really sweet and she's really lovely, but... It's like you've put any little kid in front of a camera. You know, it's, it's really hard if you think about it. It's hard enough as an adult, but you can tell she's like looking off and like looking down the camera lens sometimes. You're like, oh. She is absolutely adorable. And it's really cute when she's like asked to be angry or sad. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a standoff. And then it's in the Santa Grotto, which is, again, very Christmassy, very festive. It goes a little bit home alone but, you know, it's only for, a couple, you know, 10 minutes. Then Libby steals a real size, like, not real size, like a toy car, but for, like, that you can sit in and drive, which is amazing. is amazing. And hits the elf and takes Angeline. And there's just a lot of slapstick. But then they tie up Angeline to the Scotley's lit up sign on the roof. Then they tie up Libby. And they even managed to capture the mum and tie her to the sign. So Libby then managed to use to use a Swiss army knife, which she still has, to get herself free and runs down and sets off all the alarms. And then when they're all getting off the sign, it makes the kind of lights of the sign go out. And Mr. Whiskers, who is very keen... Lives opposite. He lives opposite. <laughs> he lives opposite Harrods. He must be on a good wage. I've made a really cute note here that just says, Mr. Whiskers sees this from his window in brackets. He has a kitten and he's gotten a new CD for Christmas. I don't know why I have a note here just saying chocolate orange. I don't know why that's that. Oh, that's what they eat in the Wendy house. Oh, So yeah. when they're in the Wendy house and um, Livy's in charge, they just eat chocolate and they're like, what's for pudding? Chocolate orange. Also, I have one other note that when they're stealing the crown jewels and being, you know, ev evading the uh, lasers and everything, they're both shouting at each other and like talking really loudly. And it's like, it's a bit of an oxymoron because they're being so clever in like, you know, getting around all these security systems and then they're just shouting. So it's like, okay, guys. But yeah, I mean, the, probably the most unrealistic thing in this is that the 
Dorman lives opposite Harrods. Like, yeah. unfortunately, that's just a sad thing in our society, isn't it? Like, I just unless maybe Harrods pay for that. Well, Scotty's pay for that flat. Maybe. But he has got the cutest kitten in the whole world. Oh, and he's like listening to his little Walkman and I'm like, oh, Mr. Whiskers. It's so cute. He's lovely. It's like when you see a teacher like out of school and you're like, oh, look at him living his life. Also, we both kept saying how good Peter Capaldi is in this. Oh, he's Even brilliant. He is. You really believe it? Like he's very uh, kind hearted. Like he, yeah. he does the character very well. Because to begin with, you're like, oh, he's obviously just a It's prick. complex, isn't it? It is complex. So Mr. Whiskers sees this from his window and calls the police as well and decides to run down there. And now there's another plot twist. So while Santa and the elf have got the jewels back and they're going down, you see the icy store manager turn up and you sort of think, oh good, she's arrived. I love how you've stuck with icy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's how you introduced her. So I went, okay, that's you've what we will gone, call her. You've committed. And she's in on it. Why? I, I don't understand why. That's never made clear. I know money, but... Well, she's probably think she's probably underpaid for her job. So, guys, if you're working in a department store, don't hire Gemma because if you underpay Oi, her, because I might work in a department store again. Try and rob the store. Don't. She will find your crown jewels and I she loved, will take it. I loved working in a luxury department store. Actually, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I did as well. I, know I you absolutely did. loved it. I know you did. Then you realise, then it all kind of catches up. The police arrive, and then this is why Livy is at the police station doing the interview. Because they actually kind of saved the day, if anything. But it's a bit bittersweet because they're really nervous because there's a lot of talk about them being put into uh, social care yeah. and the mum going to prison. And if Mr. Scotley like, presses charges, that mm -hmm. is exactly what will happen. Because they ask her, oh, no, are we going to be going yeah. into home? And it's like, oh, no. So then Brian Blessed, a.k.a. Mr. Scotley, turns up at the police station saying what they have sort of going on about what have you done what I, is going on here that was actually quite good that was kind of what he, i mean it wasn't great but that is kind what? of that's the vibe he was doing that's why you're my wife that's very <laughs> kind and he's saying you know you were living in my department store can't believe what you've done but mr whiskers has also been telling me your side of the story because there's always two sides of every story Oh. And then that is why he has dropped the charges on one condition. That <laughs> they come round his for Christmas supper. <laughs> I've got a note here that just says, Brian Blessed has a wonderful voice. <laughs> he does. He has an he amazing voice. He I'm does. so glad he's in this. And he's very jolly. He's a very jolly guy. And then he also offers the mum a job as a window dresser. Oh, I didn't. I missed that bit. Does he? Yeah, she gets a job oh, as a window dresser. Because I thought he was just going to have him around for dinner. And like, right, like, well, off now you what? go. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. And also, my mum wanted to be a window dresser when she was oh. growing up. It's a very. Uh, it's a good job. It is a very good job. Then they also have a home to move in for after Christmas. Oh. They then they're at. You can see they're all at this kind of posh mr scotley's house all having this big grand dinner and they look out the window and it starts snowing so the two girls go over to the window and they see a real life santa going Shh, <laughs> with rudolph and then it ends oh uh, if, if i wasn't holding my microphone because my stand broke i would be clapping right now it's really lovely. It made me feel very warm inside. And the irony was we were watching it where these rich people were being lovely to poor people on the eve of the general election. So then we turned <laughs> it over for the exit poll. We were like, oh, no. <laughs> 
Yeah, that is exactly what happened. We went from feeling so warm and lovely to just so cold and dispirited. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a lovely film and I'm really glad I'd seen it. Can you believe the Daily Mail were like This is what I was saying this. to you. I said, this shows how much times have changed. The fact that the Daily Mail chose this film. Yeah. To um, give it to free so people would watch it, to make more people watch it. And the message, you know, as, as the ongoing subplots, doing the school like nativity of the christmas carol you know it's very much inspired by that and i think it's incredibly important to make sure christmas films still have that represented you oh know? definitely yeah definitely I, I i have one note and i think you won't agree with this but i kind of wish they went a little bit more home alone with it because you're in harrods you've got all these different props and stuff i wish they'd like, done a few more hijinks and like pranks and things like that with the either the santa people or with um mr whiskers because i think I, that could have been fun the one thing i would change is instead of them staying in the tent for quite a few days or staying under the bed like on the posh beds for a few days I'd have liked to have each night it to have been another really different, weird yeah. and wonderful place for them to live and stay in for the night. Yeah, because... I agree. Like different areas almost. You know, like um, the Crystal Maze, something like that. Each like sequence is in a different bit where you're like, ooh. Or like hiding underneath a giant ball gown well, underneath, yeah, exactly. like, um, on a mannequin and then like coming out and yeah, they could have done a little bit more Because also that. there's like giant bears and there's so many different things. Yeah, that was the only thing. Like, I really enjoyed it though. Like I didn't detract from it. I just thought, wow, this could have been iconic i would quite like the book please for next christmas yeah oh it's one i would love to read to our children yeah and i think guys if you haven't seen it it's worth watching yeah i'm sure it's on youtube or something we were lucky enough to have the dvd so absolute yeah. keynote Mate, if you want to send us your address and we'll send it to you <laughs> <laughs> how did it hold up for you because i think this is the first time you've seen it since you were a kid wasn't it first time i'd watched it like not on terrible quality where it's like 10 minutes youtube clips I cried so much throughout this. It was so sweet and so sad. And they weren't shying away from that when it is, you know, it's obviously very sad. But then when it's like, you see the little tiny little girl giving it to a homeless man on the street. And then you see her doing, you know, Livy doing a little, um, Livy, sorry, doing a little prayer to say thank you to those who created libraries. And you see there's another homeless person in there. There's some really beautiful moments in it, actually. Yeah. I actually much prefer the mum's story of like going and doing, you know, like the social commentary. Mm. I thought it was really, I got quite emotional watching it. Well, yeah, it was everything, you know, it showed them going to services. It showed them going to the housing that was provided. It shows her selling her beloved jewellery. It kind of shows those kind of aspects that go in behind it. It wouldn't be like a really long scene, but it does show them. And I think that's so important. Yeah, because I think it really represented because a lot of people have these feelings that people who end up in these situations are layabouts and they yeah. deserve it so well no in, in majority of cases it's just circumstance a lot of them uh with kind of people it's um that they got brought up maybe by their grandparents instead of their parents and then oh. when their grandparents die they don't really have anywhere to go and that's so why tragic. a lot of kind of um some of the young people you see on the street that's often one of the reasons they're there or they had to run away from home because it wasn't a um healthy environment for them to be in so it's really kind of i like how they kind of justified it they didn't give you there's you can't critique the mum no, like kind no, of any no, no. moment she's in fun this. as well yeah because like, she's, she's serious and then she's also really fun which I, I like. They, they managed to do both. She's a brilliant mum. Her daughter's still... And throughout all of this, her daughter's at school rehearsals. Yeah, I know. 
And you just sort of think, you know, and everyone's being mean to her because she's in a bumblebee costume instead of an angel costume. And you think it's a miracle. She's turning up for your blooming rehearsals. Thank you very there, much. There was really one really funny sequence where they see the girls in, in from school who have been horrible in the store. Yeah. And they make like a really comes, oh, I didn't know you came here. She's like, well, I practically live here. And I'm like, <laughs> yay. It's amazing. <laughs> It is really good. And she also does a really good speech during the play when people are laughing at her because she's dressed as a bumblebee. And she makes a comment how the, you know, the stage person, you know, the teacher directing it doesn't even know her name. And it's like the girls are really good, like the actresses, because yeah. they're not annoying. Like it's really no. difficult for kids not to be annoying in things. If you talk about most things that feature kids, the critique always says, oh God, those kids, they're annoying. But in this, they're brilliant. They're really brilliant. They're, they are... Like really the, well the older girl's really good and really well acted and the young girl okay she's not a great actor but she's so cute oh, she's amazing and she's I a little love kid her. Like she's like six or something she might have been young oh she's so so cute. sweet and um, yeah it was genuinely a wonderful wonderful movie S Club 7's in it love S Club 7 <laughs> they're S-Club... the worst actors in it <laughs> S Club 7 oh do you remember that it's a one really creepy moment though where Tina like flirts with one of them is it brian blessed no it's mr whiskers isn't yeah, it it's mr. Whiskers, she like yeah. leads him away and it's a bit creepy she's like oh come on then and then like takes his hand and, like leads him away and i'm a bit like well what are we implying <laughs> there guys it is like a really they obviously managed to get s club seven and they had to shoehorn a scene with them into it because no, it made s- no sense at this time you're saying on this s club seven why were, the, were they go shopping together they were the biggest it's because there were barbies there was barbies of s club oh, seven okay. oh, it's all right. justified there's no you can't pick flaws in this movie because everything (laughs) has a reason it's brilliant but also at that time s club seven were the biggest band on the planet if you're kind of a little bit younger than us or maybe you know you might not be that aware of it it's not like oh they got like the cheeky girls or it's like they were the one di- they were like one direction yeah they oh, were no, 100%. huge of course they were so I had it's the a big S club deal. Seven magazine it's very lovely we all had the s club seven magazine subscription at school because we all would then whenever you got a free gift with it we'd all be wearing it we'd all wear the pink bandana but i'm really glad it's it's held up for you jim because it's always awful when it doesn't so it's brilliant yeah and guys definitely go and watch it It it's worth watching and just on a personal note i'd say this christmas if you want to watch something that's going to make you like all warm and fuzzy inside go and watch it's a wonderful life we watched it last year in the cinema for the first time ever and it was amazing we came out of it, we were crying, we were laughing. Really good. And I think especially in these kind of times, it's important to kind of remember privilege and kind of make sure we're not kind of hiding away from that, living in a bubble in London. I mean, no one's going to be in that bubble anyway because we see it every day, but uh, it's good to see that kind of represented within Christmas films over the period. Can I do a really bad impression yeah, go on. of the lead actor in It's a Wonderful Life? Oh, go on. Don't you recognize me? Oh, come on, Gemma. No, no. Don't, don't, don't you recognize me, Polly? You sound like Mickey Mouse. Hello, Pluto. <laughs> That's quite good. <laughs> and on that note, from us, uh, remember this to you at home, the listener. Have a wonderful Christmas and New Year's Eve and spend it with family, spend it with your friends and treat yourself. Make sure you look after yourself too because we've all had long and tough years and just make sure you're enjoying yourself guys look after yourself look after others and yeah happy christmas from me matt and meg 
Yay. Yay. Ho, ho, ho. And again, please do email us at rememberthisquestionmark at gmail.com. Question mark as in the word with any suggestions of shows you'd like us to watch in the future or any feedback or just any questions for us. Anything you want, really. We will be happy to receive it as long as it's not hate mail. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> On Christmas, that'd be nice. But thank you so much for listening to this podcast and engaging with us because we genuinely really enjoy doing it we do it in our spare time and we know it's a very niche thing like it is very specific but to have like the amount of people listening and getting in touch it's just really nice we really do appreciate your support so thank you have a fantastic and prosperous 2020 we hope you get everything you want for christmas and yeah eat lots drink lots of whatever your favorite thing is and we will see you in the new year thank you thanks guys bye bye